What are the odds of finding a soul sister? Welcome to Soul Sister Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rebecca. And we are your hosts and your soul sisters. So tune in for your weekly dose of soul food and sisterhood. It's health, leadership, spirituality, and basically all that we are. But most importantly, it's roughly authentic, raw, and real human as fuck. Yeah, so grab your favorite superfood latte, yoga mat, or walking shoes, and take along. Hello, fam, and welcome to another episode of Empathy to Share. We are yeah. excited. Mika excited. <laughs> so a um, lot of excited. A lot yeah. of excited about Christmas, Christmas, about December, and a lot of excited yeah. if you are tuning in for the first time because we're just really, really grateful for everyone listening and for you tuning into our universe and for us to be a part of your life and share this magical moment together. Yeah. And- and just like this is an exciting time christmas is about being with the ones you love being grateful really just looking at all of the positive things and things you are grateful for in your life and looking back on the past year and really just rounding up everything you have have happened to you and will happen to you like in the future but also this yeah past year and that's why we also like just for us for sarah and i we are just really just happy to and grateful to to be where we are right now be able to to share both our stories but also so many incredible people's stories and knowledge that that you hopefully um will, will get something out of or help you in some way and i think that we too that we do this together not just you and i but that we all in are in this together and i was just thinking about <laughs> mentioning about christmas that we just had the most magical day with our grandma uh with grams and we shared on it on the gram as well that with being in in instagram this, yeah on instagram gram but yeah. with grandma in in this amusement park and they just like spending a time with the people who mean something in your life who has been there for you always and being able to also share this with you guys i mean you know, for us, our grandma, we we just like super, super close uh, with our grandparents and just being able, she's just like so super cool, you know, in her age and her late 80s and just like just a powerhouse. I can't believe how she do it. I'm like, every time she's, she's there. Like, yeah, she's always so, what I love about her is that she's always positive. You know, she, she came that day and I, we both noticed she was in so much pain. Um not from anything too serious but it's still it's it's she's really just you know consumed with this pain and she's just like she's so positive you know making kind of small jokes about her walking slowly and just like being there for Sarah and I really just asking questions you know wanting us to have a great day and expressing how grateful she is to spend time with us and that we we want to spend time with her and like I'm just I'm amazed how positive she can because I know how much pain she's in and not you know letting that consume her but letting her you know her wanting to have a good experience just letting that you know determine how she thinks and how she speaks and how she walks and that's just powerful yeah you know what I love the most is that you know that little moment every time that we say goodbye where she yeah (laughs) she takes us you know she takes your head in her hands and she just looks at you straight in the eye because you're in the cheeks and she's like how do i get so lucky to have you guys like that you know amount of gratitude you can both see mm-hmm. in what she sells but also in in her entire way of looking at life it's just so damn inspiring every single time and and that you know curiosity that she still has you know even though often she looks at us or she looks at me and she's like Sarah, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I have no clue. And it sounds way too smart. Your brain is just like over the top of my head. But I really want to know about it. Just try to explain it to me. And I don't know what it is, but I want to know because she cares about me. And that that ability just to to be curious in others and being able to be willing to 
sort of step into something that that she has but, no oh, ability yeah, to know about, but open-minded, but also yeah. something that maybe she doesn't understand it. Maybe she's not able to to have that idea inside of her head, but she's open to actually just listen to it. And uh, that I find that really inspiring. And I think it's just super cool. You know, last year, uh, you weren't there, Rebecca, but last year I had her with me in the roller coaster. That was so fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who was most scared, like me and grandma. I was just like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. And, and down the hill, and I was just like screaming like a baby, and she was just looking but, at me. But, but, it was but, all but great. you don't know, I, yeah, and I don't think I actually mentioned this to you, but what you don't know was that I was with her, and we were talking about like the Tule Garden in Copenhagen is like this amusement park famous and I was there with her like this uh, Easter where we did the same because she mentioned she did it with you and she asked oh me, you did I didn't yeah, know that and she asked me to do the same <laughs> and I was like I'm not that big of a fan of roller coasters oh, really? to be honest but I kind of like I like the challenge so so I was like okay we're gonna do this and I was just sitting there being like I know I hate this and I know I hate this and I'm gonna do this for my grandma and do it for grandma and I did and like it was I you as you told like it's a fun experience to have together and just like the memory and knowing that your grandma's like 84 years old sitting there and you will close to with you that's just it's a fun memory and it's an amazing memory that's like I'm so grateful to have um and also, like, speaking of things we're grateful for, I will, well, yeah, this episode we're about to share with you guys, like, I'm so stoked and excited and just, like, grateful to be able to share this with you. Yeah, it's super, super, it just gives me the chills, you know, being able to, you know, bring this guy, we're not mentioning who this yet, but I think you guys already know, no. but, you know, <laughs> bringing the, the real call on the show, that was a real oh, you just, from, you I just, just did, I just did a spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert, I yeah. did it, <laughs> okay, sorry, we, we discussed this, <laughs> we discussed, maybe we're bringing another guy on the show, maybe that was just like someone yeah. else, he doesn't mention it it's just another episode you just gotta go ahead and see who's showing up okay yeah. but i uh, but i was really excited about this because what i really love about his work is that his approach is i want to say it's even beyond the traditional functional medicine approach and something that has been you know this entire industry or, or this entire field of health and and wellness and I want to say mind-body medicine especially has just been such a huge passion um, and knowing from that field of wanting to to actually be a neuroscientist for so many years and and that was just you know one of my really really there's something that I'm still really really passionate about but but still finding out that maybe the scientist thought wasn't that much <laughs> who I was but really that but like taking but yeah taking it back to really the root you know where where we came from how we came into all of this and and really going back to to that perspective I think it's such an important conversation but I think something that we really that we really emphasize in this conversation and we really dove deep into that I really love was the conversation around how much your mindset how much your spiritual health is actually important for your physical health that also that yeah, we can't have anything health. yes exactly but yeah, we, we so talk true. a lot about there is non-food uh inflammatories and how yeah and the, how the entire way we look at ourselves you know we can't heal ourselves if we're not loving ourselves, that it really starts with that, you know, you need to love yourself and start beginning to, to be open and willing to love yourself if you want to heal. And I think yeah, that's such a key point. Like, yeah. And also just like, it's not just how you speak to yourself, but it's also the people that you spend time with. It's like how many, much time you're using on looking at screens, how much time you're using or you're sitting down a day, you know, all these inflammatories who have nothing to do with food but are actually causing bad energy and bad and inflammation in your body and your mind and i think that's like that spirituality part is so important to remember when we talk about health today because it is a holistic perspective you just you can't talk about one or the other you have to keep them together and um, and i want to say it's like it's, it's not just you know about okay you can heal it all through mindfulness but 
but you can't you just you have to have both sides you have to both have like the physical side and the mental side and it's about finding that balance that works for you and and that's also what we love about dr will cole i'm gonna say his name as well <laughs> is that he's really talked a lot about uh, bio individuality so like that we all are unique and what works for me won't work for you and you have to figure out what works for you and it's also like that's also kind of like the fundamentals of biohacking as well i've heard yes so so like just to give you guys a little bit about dr wilco who we are so excited to to share with you guys and he is like one of the leading functional medicine guy who's like focusing on getting to the root cause of your health problems and and he has been named one of the like top uh, 50 uh, functional medicines in the US as well. And he's an author of the one of the best-selling books. I think you guys have heard of this. It's called Ketotarian. And also, he's the host of a Goop podcast. And he's been mentioning a lot of Goop. He's been doing a lot of that as well, which is like amazing. And also, like, check out Goop fellas, you know. Yeah. That's so good conversation, so good content, and yeah. really a diverse topic as well. Something is just indulging yeah. in it. I love it. And I think it's, it's so powerful that you have like these two guys working the podcast, like talking about mental health, talking about those spirituality, talking about like those tough conversations. And we so need, like, there's such a huge issue and such a huge, like, bad uh like back speak back speaking around like men and mental health and emotions and you know suicide rates and all this stuff like we need to talk about mental health especially for men as well not just like make this a female stuff are you about to really listen to the one with young prepler about that one exactly yes it was so good i mean i was just you know the chills not that i love just his entire work but that conversation was just so powerful i mean i can't even describe it and like, like throughout this, when I got this interview and when I rescheduled this, I was like, I can't believe that we are have the honor of speaking for me for such a like a like game changing person because what he is saying is is has something that has really just made a huge impact on my life and is something that has got me back to to my health and getting back to the routines that I know work for me and getting rid of those triggers. And, and he's so good at, at like making it not hard, like taking it slow, finding like removing like one thing at a time. It's like trying things out and not having that like one or the other aspect. It's just like, it's a process and you are learning so much about yourself. And I loved his new book called the information spectrum, which we mentioned and talk about a lot in the podcast as well totally obsessing about that we will totally be diving into you know all about inflammation this really literally hot topic on inflammation it's too hot it's too hot it's too everywhere but it's really also mentioning the process of how important inflammation can be but that too much is also not not uh, is not good and too little is not good either but i think something that that i really took away from this conversation you know a key takeaway was was the entire how he looks at it as a process you know we go around trying to in our case it's healing from hyperthyroidism but it could be as much other another chronic disease and you go around and trying to get the next fix it pill or get the next fix it diet or get the next you know the one thing that just brings you back to equilibrium and there is such a thing but it's it's not an objective thing sort of like a fix it all someone that protocol that goes for everyone is about finding your unique Mm -hmm. sort of magical pill you know both aligning (laughs) with your dna but also aligning with your soul's blueprint who you are you know he talks about something like what's your preference of fruit that's actually important to to incorporate in your diet if there's some fruit that you like and that your body is also like you know, you both have to like and taste good, but also that it's good from your body. You're actually allowed to, to eat the fruit that you feel good about, you know, and learning to, to tap into all of it, that it's about you, you know, you're at the center, not in a reality, like finding your value about valuing yourself and valuing yourself enough to reclaim your power and take back your health, right? Mm-hmm. From so yeah, yeah, and you are like, have to know that, 
you will always be the own boss of your life, like your actions, your health, your spirituality, whatever it is, your own boss. So it's all about finding what works for you and you are in the center. And, and also noticing when you need help, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. From, like, your, from your network, exactly. from functional your medicine. Own, but yes, so yeah. true. You're not on your own. You always get help. But Never on your own you when you're listening to Soul yeah. Podcast. Okay. All right, we always so, have you guys. Yeah, so without further ado, let's dive into this interview. And bring Will on the show. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm a functional medicine practitioner. So my day job is consulting patients around the world primarily via webcam, um, and we drop ship labs to them and get to the root cause of why they're going through their health problems. So we deal a lot, of with, a lot with um, autoimmune conditions and hormonal problems, digestive problems, and mental health issues like anxiety and depression and fatigue, a lot of fatigue issues. <clears throat> so my job is to find out why they're struggling with their health issues. So that's my passion and my joy is really uh, being a part of people's health journey. But then, as you mentioned, on, on the weekends, I get to write about, about all the things that I love in functional medicine. So I, I, have, I, I live and breathe this stuff. And I, we, before we hopped on the uh, recording, you, you guys said you were health nerds too. So I think we're, uh, we're on part of the same tribe for sure. <laughs> same to say. <Yeah>. Yes, yes. <laughs> Always. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, that's what I do. I like speak and write about functional medicine, but my health journey began a long time ago. It's, uh, I grew up in the countryside outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and the States. And my parents were very, very interested in health in the eighties and the nineties before it was the industry that it is now. I mean, if you go to California, uh, in Anaheim every year, at Expo West, you'll see thousands of people, uh, part of this sort of health food movement. Um, but in the 80s and 90s, it really wasn't that. It was just the independent sort of health food stores. But my parents were having the strange adaptogenic tonics uh, and the elixirs and raw and organic and sprouted and all this stuff that uh, was normal for me, but was definitely not part of the culture, especially outside of, you know, it wasn't Los Angeles or New York or London. It was, it was country outside outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a working class, you know, steel city. Um, so that was my understanding, like that informed me on what food was, what the food industry was, and what health food was, and the, and the differences between health food and conventional food. And that evolved then to me wanting to be formally trained in this space of health and wellness. So I went to Southern California University of Health Sciences in Los Angeles, um, and then my postdoctorate education and training is in functional medicine and clinical nutrition. But I have autoimmune conditions on both sides of my family. And I, I have myself a double gene variant to MTHFR, which is a gene that makes the enzyme that uh, basically converts folic acid into folate, which is a methyl donor to do a lot of really important things for methylation, which we need for healthy hormones and healthy gut function and healthy detox pathways. So... And that's highly associated with different autoimmune conditions as well and higher inflammation levels. So I, for myself, to support my own body and my own health, I was also interested in immersing myself into functional medicine, but also obviously for my family. So that's where my interest in being formally trained in functional medicine started. And then I loved writing. So I wrote about it a lot and spoke about it a lot online. And that was like, 12, 13 years ago at this point. And then people started seeing my articles or things I would say on YouTube or social media. And then I end up consulting people around the world. And that now it's grown to almost all of my patients are via webcam. And it's my honor to be a part of, it's really a sacred responsibility to be a part of people that are struggling with health, health issues, to give them the tools and the answers they need to start feeling better. Because many people are kept back from the life that they were born to live because of health issues, whether that's autoimmune conditions or fatigue or anxiety or depression or digestive problems. These are impediments to vibrant wellness. So I love being able to remove those impediments and to start to get the body to, to, to be as healthy as it can be. Mm, I love that. I love what you, you speak yeah. about as well and, and think reading also throughout your book, especially the inflammation spectrum, 
Uh, you used really the approach about, you know, the connection between and the action between our spiritual health and our physical health and our physical body. Uh, and I think it, it's, it's a really key point that you make because when I speak through both of me and Rebecca, you know, growing up yeah. in, in our, with our health journey, you know, starting out uh, for me with, with 10 years of, of mental illness and then going into, uh, we both got diagnosed with hyperthyroidism and we had, you know, severe di- digestive issues and it just got us into this whole trajectory of introducing this this uh, understanding of the body and how we could heal ourselves, you know, and we brought this to to our community and and bringing these conversations. But it's it's difficult to to get these topics out there or to actually find wisdom from the topic. Uh, so what I was really inspired by in your book is how you been able to bridge those two topics and bring them all together because you don't really find that out there. Uh, in any other book or in any other practitioner who allow you to to embrace those sides. So uh, I would love to learn a little bit more about how you how you bring those two topics together and how you use them in your practice with helping patients, especially around uh, inflammation as well. Sure. Um, I appreciate you noticing that um, because we in <clears throat> modern thinking, uh, we like to eat, whether you're talking about conventional medicine or you're talking about even alternative medicine, we like to separate f- mental health from physical health. Exactly but, right. It's but mental health totally is right. physical health and your brain is in your body <laughs> for people that don't <laughs> know that. Um, so it is an organ and physiology is a driver to our mood and our thoughts and emotion and our relationship with life itself. So, um, and our energy levels too. So it is quite important because you can have the food downs properly, right? You can eat clean foods. You can have that down. And we talk a lot about foods in the inflammation spectrum. We have to get that down if we haven't already. And that's part of the conversation. We start with food oftentimes to be medicine and letting food be your medicine and uh, finding out what your body loves because even healthy foods what works for one person may not work for you so it's definitely a clinical nutrition and we talk about that in the book but it's not just about food and we have to look at the you know as i call them junk food for the soul because you could be eating the best foods under the sun but if you're serving your body a big slice of stress every day that's junk food for the soul or if you're you know on technology all the time and you're you know, scrolling through social media in perpetuity or, you know, with the blue light and the impact that it has on our physiology or the FOMO inducing, uh, you know, anxiety inducing content that you're scrolling through too of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm, and you're comparing yourself to people constantly. That's going to impact your physiology too, because it's the bi-directional relationships between thoughts and emotions, thoughts and emotions and physiology, because thoughts and emotions impact your physiology because if you're stressed or you're you know in a toxic relationship or you're doing stressful things in your life you're not taking care of yourself those thoughts and emotions will impact cortisol levels and inflammation levels and your hormone and your digestion but then conversely your physiology your digestion and your hormones and inflammation levels also impact physiology meaning that if your gut's imbalanced that's associated with things like anxiety and depression if your hormones are imbalanced that's going to drive things like anxiety and depression so it's it's this interconnectedness between the mind and the body uh and it's really one and the same but it's just different ways of the person and their health and how they feel so it is uh definitely at the heart of what I consult patients with online, but it's such a central point of the inflammation spectrum, which is really just born out of my clinical experience and seeing how to get people to feel great and look great and just be great. Um, uh, so I, of course, had to talk about what I, what I refer to in the book as non-food inflamers. So looking at stress and looking at toxins, looking at sleep, looking at social isolation, looking at a, a, a sense of higher purpose, and all of these things that are constantly and dynamically instructing inflammation pathways in the body and instructing and then because it's instructing inflammation pathways which is a product of the immune system it's in turn instructing how this someone feels and their overall health landscape so it's definitely paramount to understand why you feel the way that you do is to look at these connections uh, in your body and in its relationship with the world around you and how it's impacting how you feel. 
Mm, so good. Yeah, I, I love what you yeah. said. And especially around if you, uh, the point that you made around how it's paramount for not just for information, but also understanding, you know, how or the way that we think or how the way that we approach life, you know, these these bio-individuality aspects that we have in our life that doesn't matter what we eat or how we think the way the entire way that we live our life actually affects not just our body, but also our mind. And that we need to make sure that the way that we approach life is completely individual. It's it's completely unique to you and who you are. And and understanding, you know, your unique your unique blueprint. We always call it like you both have your DNA, but you also have like your soul blueprint as well the how you operate in the world and understanding, getting in tune with what that is is also paramount to understanding your health and, and how you operate in the world. Uh, but I would love to know, you know, if you could dive a little bit into uh, for our listeners who might not be into that much inflation as, as we are and understanding uh, all the points of it. If you could just break down just like really easy, really simple, if there's a way to do that, um, how you understand information, what it is and and what is the driving <coughs> factors uh, both for our mind and our body. Sure. So inflammation is a product of the immune system. So it's not inherently bad. Inflammation, when it's in balance, is actually a great thing. It fights viruses and bacteria. It's important for cellular function and our immune system and so many things in our body. We would not be alive without healthy, balanced inflammation levels. The problem is when inflammation is thrown out of balance. That's the problem. So it's the breaking of the Goldilocks principle. You know, Goldilocks, you don't want too high, not too low, but just right at the right time as well. So inflammation is is definitely subject to that principle as well because that applies to our hormones. It, we, want, we don't want high hormones. We don't want low hormones. We want just right when we need them. Same with our gut bacteria and our gut microbiome. We don't want too much bacteria and yeast, but we don't want not enough bacteria and yeast. We want just a good balance. Same with inflammation. It's just about balance. You don't want high and you don't want low, but you just want just right when you need it. Um, and you know the problem is most people in the West, you know, around the United States, in Europe, really anywhere around Asia, Middle East, you see an epidemic rise of chronic inflammatory health issues. And we see patients around the world and the patients in Europe or in patients in Asia or patients in Australia are going through the same things as people here in the United States. And that's not okay. It's really not okay at all because these are largely overcomable, improvable, supportable, healable things. And that's really the message I'm trying to get out people because the the common link between just about every health problem that we face as a world today, at least is either a full-blown chronic inflammatory health issue or at least has an inflammatory component to them. So when you look at things like diabetes and heart disease and cancer, all chronic inflammatory health issues, when you look at autoimmune issues, whether that's autoimmune thyroid issues or MS or celiac or Crohn's, and uh, there's over 140 different autoimmune type problems, uh, those are chronic inflammatory health issues. Digestive problems like IBS and chronic inflammatory problems, musculoskeletal things like fibromyalgia, chronic inflammatory issues, to the mental health component. When you look at anxiety and depression and fatigue, there's a whole field of research referred to as the cytokine model of cognitive function. Cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's basically looking at how inflammation impacts how our brain works. Going back to what I earlier said earlier, we can't separate mental health from physical health. Mental health is physical health. So we have to look at the component of inflammation and the role that it plays in people's moods and mental health. So it is so important to do things in life to modulate and balance inflammation levels because in turn, you will also modulate and balance how you feel. Um, and you know, it's, it, inflammation exists on a spectrum from mild symptoms like maybe mild digestive problems, mild fatigue, background anxiety on one end of the inflammation spectrum, all the way to the other end of the inflammation spectrum, which is the full-blown autoimmune condition or metabolic issue or hormonal problem or mental health problem, and then everything in between on the inflammation spectrum. So that's the title of the book is called The Inflammation Spectrum because I wanted people to understand that inflammation exists on a continuum from mild symptoms to diagnosable health problems. And to no matter where you're at on the inflammation spectrum, what can you do today to calm that inflammation? Mm -hmm. What can you do today 
to have agency over your wellness. Because as I mentioned, and the statistics speak for themselves, all of these health issues that I talked about are we wield so much influence on our health um, in most cases. So this is not, while it's sobering to look at the statistics and be like, okay, that's kind of, that's depressing really. But on the other end of it is that these are really largely lifestyle driven problems. So what can we do today? And there's so much conflicting information online. Uh, you know, Dr. Google is a very fickle physician. <laughs> it's like, what the heck should I do? Because you hear all these <laughs> opposite opinions and, and opposite advice pieces online. But what I try to do in the book is what I try to do with my patients is to find out what your body loves and what your body hates. And I want to teach people these functional medicine principles to implement in their life on their own. And something as low cost of a book is a great way for people to lean into this information because it's, I, the, my clinical experience just speaks for itself. Like I know that asset information can dramatically improve people's wellness. Uh, so it's to me, it's like I just want to get yeah, as much people as possible. It's amazing. Yeah. And I can speak for myself, but what I really loved about your book is that you really look at the individual. You talk about, you know, bio individuality. And I, I can speak from both Sarah and I, but what we have experienced in at least like the Danish healthcare system is that you've got, you're being put in boxes. And as Sarah mentioned earlier, you are separating, you know, the mental state and, and you know, the state of the body and health issues. And that's also why when I like read the book, I know it, it makes sense to me because you know, both Sarah and I are hyperthyroidism just it came out of the blue and it was like something that was so difficult to understand and understand how to approach and and I think we also we talk a lot about you know information and and we are really like getting it cause what it is and how to you know go around it but I think for many people it's a difficult thing to approach so I would love to hear like just like simple advice for people to approach their sort of information and how you can figure it out yeah sure yeah that's definitely a uh, the heart of functional medicine is bio individuality which I talk a lot about in the book but it's we're all different and just because something's healthy just because it's like a health food doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you um, and I, if I hung my hat on like one way for everybody to eat, I'd be proven wrong all day long consulting patients online because I know that there's so many variables to consider. We have to look at gut microbiome and food reactivities and hormone imbalances and the way people digest things or people's personal preferences because you have to enjoy the food that you're eating too and looking at stress and someone's relationship with their body and relationship with food and all of these different variables. So um, the sort of the beginning of the book is a quiz and the quiz is adapted from questions that I ask patients during consultations online. So I adapted the book, the, I adapted the, the, the sort of health intake, uh, health, uh, you know, questionnaires that I, I ask patients into the inflammation spectrum quiz. And they go through the sort of the seven main sections of the inflammation spectrum. So we look at brain health, we're looking at hormone health, we're looking at gut health, we're looking at blood sugar regulation. We're looking at detoxification. We're looking at, at the, the sort of the uh, autoimmunity as a separate entity when the immune system turns against itself. And then the eighth section is uh, polyinflammation. It's the interconnectedness between the seven because inflammation in one area can beget inflammation in other areas of the body because the body's brilliantly interconnected. So things like the gut-brain axis or the brain-hormonal axis or the I mean, whatever the case that you're talking about, the quiz sort of decodes that for the person to illuminate and raise awareness on, oh, wow, I did. I thought that was normal, but it's actually not normal. These are signs and symptoms. These are like little check engine lights for your body to see, okay, something's off here. Uh, inflammation may be going on here. What can I do about it? So based on the quiz score, they have their own toolbox. And the toolbox are just things to focus on that research shows to be beneficial in that specific area. So let's say they score higher on hormones, then they have things to focus on with hormones. If it's more digestive problems, they have things to focus on with digestive problems. So that's all adapted from clinical experience and me consulting patients. And then uh, they have, based on their total quiz score, they have a food protocol. And people that scored lower on the inflammation spectrum quiz have a more simple protocol that's very effective, but it's simpler. 
um, for people to lean into if they're not going through tons of things. They just want to feel better and look better and optimize their wellness. And that's called the Core 4 Plan. So they are uh, doing a tailored elimination diet approach where they're going off of four foods for four weeks. And they're leaning into that as well. So they're not doing it overnight. So that's either going off of grains, added sugar, high omega-6 oils like canola and vegetable oil, and they're going off of dairy. Those core four foods for four weeks. And then we teach how to reintroduce that in a proper way. So they're doing a well-formulated, proper elimination diet approach, which is still the gold standard in clinical nutrition and functional medicine. And really anybody in the health and wellness space will tell you a proper elimination diet is really appropriate, but you have to do it the right way. So I made it fun, engaging, and then we aren't just removing food. We're looking at those non-food inflamers. We're looking at stress and social media addiction and social, iso- social I- isolation and sleep. All of these things, too, that um, will raise inflammation as well. So it's really this mind-body experiment for yourself to see what's impacting how you feel. And then for people that score higher on the inflammation spectrum quiz, they have the eliminate pr- protocol, um, where the ATE in eliminate is the number eight. So it's a play on words, and you'll obviously you guys have read the book, but basically they'll understand what that means and why we're talking about that. But it's eight foods for eight weeks. Um, so it's the core four, which we just mentioned, plus four more. So it's adding in nightshade vegetables, removing those for a time. We're, then that nightshades, not just vegetables, but tomatoes, eggplants, goji berries, white potatoes, spices, anything that's in the nightshade plant family, and then uh, eggs, nuts and seeds, and legumes. So that's going to be the eliminate protocol. That's removing eight foods for eight weeks. And then we teach how to reintroduce those. And then we have this huge contextual conversation in the book about the types of dairy and the types of eggs and the types of grains and the types of all of these things. Because we don't want to make big blanket statements about these foods. There's definitely healthier and generally more tolerable ways to get every one of those foods. So I teach what the science says and what clinical experience has shown me to be the most tolerable, the least tolerable but we're calming inflammation, we're centering the body, we're looking at those non-food inflamers like stress and toxins and sleep and all that stuff too. So people can center themselves, calm inflammation, to find out what their body loves and what their body hates, to find food peace, to find clarity on what works for their body, to find peace in general. So yeah, that's, that's the whole system in the book. I walk them through how to do that. Mm, it's really good i think you mentioned also a key point there around you know the spectrum that your approach is also working on that spectrum you know people who who go from like a minor inflammation but also people who who you know can do a minor you know uh, approach to their own health and do you know minor things too you know you can go full in and full out on your on your health as well because I think, you know, some people need to take it step by step and someone just want to go you know, full in and geek out of all of it. And, and I think for me personally, the way that I, you know, experience it, being able to, to geek out on all the small things because of the journey that both me and Rebecca went through and we talked to a lot about our listeners who is also tuning in, you know, uh, this type of people who, who live a really healthy lifestyle, you know, of all of these type of fruits that you say, yeah, we know we know, know basically all of us in this within this health and wellness field that is not necessarily healthy for most of us. Uh, but then you figure out, okay, there's a couple of people who have these sort of like mystery illnesses, people who get sick, who experience in high levels of inflammation, who, um, and I can talk for me and Rebecca because, you know, she, she, Rebecca mentioned about our hyperthyroidism and, and we were living a really healthy lifestyle and didn't eat any of these foods and wasn't in contract, you know, meditating and trying to bring peace to your mind. And then you, you get triggered by how does that actually happen to people who quote unquote live a healthy lifestyle. Then when you get to the bottom of it, you start open all of these factors, you realize that there's so many more components, so many other things that is not really things that you you'll hear about in general, uh, around health and understanding your health and I would love to dive a little bit into you know understanding these for people to you know when you take a deep dive into your health and, and people who seemingly live a healthy lifestyle but but how do they you know the process that the body go through in, in a rising inflammation and how inflammation can rise from from it could be stress or it could be you know also you, you mentioned about you know uh, around 
your exercise routine, I realized that I was exercising way too much for, mm. for my constitution. Mm. Uh, yes. that it actually caused <laughs> much more inflammation. Uh, and we also came from uh, something that our listeners know from, you know, an elite athlete. We were both elite athletes for 10 years. Yeah. And, and we didn't realize that when we came out of that, how stressed our body actually were because it wasn't within our you know, natural constitution to, to push ourselves that hard. So, so can you dive a little bit into those small components that people can actually tune on and tune, you know, tune uh, high on and, and lower on to actually help calm down inflammation? Yeah, you're right. So it's, it's finding that how are these tools that we do and we use in life? So whether that's movement and exercise or, you know, uh, we all have a different, like the an analogy that I like for this is a mug size or like a um, glass size. If you're like filling up like a cup of tea or um, coffee or whatever, and you're holding that amount of liquid and there are big mugs and there's smaller mugs. And what, what the mug size is, is our genetic tolerance to stressors and things that stress the body out. And the theory of exercise is to put some stress, some hormesis on the body to challenge the body, to break down muscle, to build it back up stronger and bigger. Um, or we're talking about cardiovascular hormesis or any other sort of way that fitness operates at some level of low-grade stress on the body. Uh, so that's added to the mug. And then it's sleep or lack of sleep. And then it's, you know, what's your job like and what's your social connections and is that stressing you out? And the foods that you're eating can stress your body out. So all of these things sort of filling up that, that glass size, that mug size. Some people have small mugs, right? They overflow really quickly and they can't handle a lot of stressors at all. And then some people have really big mugs and they can handle tons of stuff. And then you look at them and you're like, how the heck? They, they smoke and they drink and they don't treat their body well at all. How can they get away with that? And you're doing all the good things and you're feeling horrible. So you can't change your mug size. You can't change your genetic tolerance to stressors, but you can change what you put in them. And that's my job consulting patients online is to teach them about the genetics. We look at things like methylation and the endocannabinoid system and detox impairments and all these sort of genetic components. And epigenetics, all the lifestyle things that we're doing that fill up that cup, uh, that fill up that mug. So that is um, definitely the heart of functional medicine, really. It's the heart of, it's what we've been talking about, bioindividuality. We're all different. So how that interplay between genetics and epigenetics plays out is going to be completely unique. So you know that just intuitively, anybody that's listening here is going to know, like when you do something, it elicits a certain response. But you know someone in your life, if they did the same thing, it wouldn't work for them. And vice versa. You know things that people around you do that you couldn't get away with, whether that's food or the way that you're living your life in any way or exercise. We're all different. So it's definitely uh, so important for people to understand that because that infuses a grace and a lightness to life itself. You don't have to be perfect or whatever you think perfection is and comparing yourself to other people. What's right for you? What's right for you? And, and we live in a culture where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, um, especially with social media. And social media is wondrous. It's how we're all connecting. And um, a lot of our patients hear about us from social media. I'm not against technology at all. But what's our relationship with that? And do we have checks and balances? Do we have a pause where we can turn it off and separate ourselves from that? Because it's really feeding into this like, I have to do this. I have to work out this way. I have to look this way. I have to eat this way. Instead of finding out what works for your body, what does your body love? So that's definitely the question that I'm asking in the book for people to ask for themselves to find out. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also, I think uh, when you mentioned about, you know, finding out about you, the way that we not just vary in individuality, but also understanding, you know, your genetics and your your tolerance to stress. I think what we what we don't realize is, you know, you know, we talk about stress, we talk about inflammation, we talk about uh, diets as is like one size fits all, or it's a stress like one size fits all. If you're stressed, you know, you have a tolerance, you just have to, you know, strengthen sort of strengthen your stress muscle or strengthen your general your muscle <laughs> to be able to to tolerate these things. But we don't realize that there is actually that that component that can 
that could be individual for all of us and how we tolerate things. And I also think, you know, I love what you mentioned about when we talk about information in this entire, in, in the way that our society works, because if we take it to a broader spectrum, you know, if we see what happens with the environment right now, or with with the way our you know in, in the way that the society works, with the way uh, our government works, you know, there's a lot of information sort of going on on the societal levels as well that we're literally burning out our candle in, in in both ends as well. You know, taking that to to the way that we understand society, and I think it also affects not just you know stress and information, it also affects our behavior and the way that we that we interact with each other, both on social media, but also when we uh, connect with each other on on a personal level and uh, on a physical plane that we understand that that if we are inflamed in our system not just physically but also emotionally we also bring that information out in the way that we speak and the way that we interact with other human beings and if we want to address that we want to address you know all the problems that we i think a lot of us experience going on in society and going on with our environment we need to come back to understanding that it actually begins with understanding our own information, the way that we sort of are inflaming our, first of all, our own bodies, our own souls. And then how do we uh, calm that down to essentially help people uh, and help our society calm down that information as well? Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is really um, such a message of, of, of hope really because these are things that people can start doing in their life today and what i love about a lot of the things that i talk about in the inflammation spectrum and in the first in my first book ketotarian these are low cost things or no cost things so i mean part of my mission in life is to make functional medicine and make healthcare and make health information more accessible and more affordable to people and to democratize this information because the world needs it. The world needs help. The world needs health. Um, and that's what I love. I think about the, the medium of a book is so, um, you know, easy for people to do. And then the information in there is a lot of it is very, very low cost or no cost that, and I, it's amazing what it can do in people's lives. You don't have to be, you know, super wealthy or in a celebrity to really implement these practices into your life. Almost all of my patients are just working class, normal people. Um, and I know when people get that information, they can do something about it. But many, many people are just so disillusioned. They're detached from their body that we're like uh, so busy and not really taking inventory of where our health is at. Where are we at on the inflammation spectrum? Because you have to know what you're up against to do something about it. And many people are disillusioned and disenfranchised and asleep, proverbially speaking, from their body. They don't even really know what's going on. So we have to wake them up first. Because when we wake them up, we can give them something to do about it. Totally. I just I want to dive a little into you mentioned your book a little bit about fasting and you know you wrote about you know being ketotarian and Sarah and I have both grown up actually like with our father being a, you know really an advocate for ketosis and keto diet and has both been really just actually does like loving especially intermittent fasting so I just like t- t- give your opinion on fasting and how you think it can help calm down inflammation. Yeah, so it is something that I talk about in the inflammation spectrum because time-restricted feeding or TRF and intermittent fasting and IF, uh, both are ways to, and they're kind of synonymous in many ways, but uh, whether they're just restricting in a specific time of day and kind of eating in a specific window or going longer times of intermittent fasting, um, both have been shown to downregulate pro-inflammatory cells. They're a way to lower inflammation naturally in addition to the non-food things like that we talk about in the book and the food ways. Uh, fasting is another way to calm and modulate inflammation and balance inflammation levels and help with autophagy, which is sort of cellular recycling and sort of anti-disease, anti-inflammatory, um, anti-aging mechanisms in the body. Uh, so yes, it's definitely a tool to use. And I talk about it actually at greater length in my first book in Ketotarian because it's a mostly plant-based ketogenic book and ways to enhance ketosis is intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding. So it's definitely a conversation I'm having in both books um, for different reasons. But 
that's an amazing tool to have in the toolbox. And the, the question is, how can you do it that makes sense for your body? Because the problem that I find is, again, extremes, right? I mean, some people go too far, too much, too strong with it because they think more is better or they're bringing their sort of negative relationship with diets and their body into this health space, which is not good because then they're using a health tool like intermittent fasting uh, in, in a very wrong way and the wrong intention for it. Then it becomes an eating disorder disguised as a wellness tool. That's not good. Punishing your body with intermittent fasting is not the point. Um, you don't eat junk food and then like binge on it and then just think you're going to fast away of it. That's disordered eating. That's that's binging and 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 then doing uh, just uh, restriction. That's not good. Um, but if you're coming into this space with how can I love my body enough to feed it good things and how can I love my body enough to give my body a break? It's about the yin and the yang, right? The the fasting is just important as the refeeding. You have to have the fasting and you have to have the refeeding. You can't just have fasting and you can't have an abnormal disordered refeeding either. So you have to really find the balance. So that's what I think for most people when they're talking about intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding or any ways of eating really, what is your head and your heart? And we talk a lot about that in both of the books because you know you cannot heal a body you hate is something that I say a lot because you cannot come into this space of doing a specific specific food protocol or exercise protocol or or a fasting protocol and think that's going to solve all your problems if you really are ridden uh, you know completely riddled with shame and guilt and uh, un, uh, like punishing your body with these practices that's not the point of it shifting your perspective and shifting can take a while really for some people but for some people it's just a, a, a centeredness of what is their intention of doing that is using self-care as a form of self-respect because i think that if you realize what an awesome valuable creation that you are and that you are loved and you are given gifts in this world how much more are you going to treat how much better are you going to treat yourself because if someone sees themselves like a like a Mercedes-Benz or a, a Tesla or a BMW, if you see yourself like a high-end car, how are you gonna, going to, if someone has that car, how are they going to fuel it and park it and take care of it and give it all the checkups it needs? They're going to treat it very well. But if you see yourself as an old, beat-up, junker car, you're going to be fueling it in a different way and driving in a different way and parking in a different way and don't you don't care so much if it gets beat up a little bit. People need to realize that they're a Tesla <laughs> and realize they're an expensive car uh, so they can eat and live and breathe in a way that reflects that as, and that's what I feel like is the genesis of sustainable wellness is realizing the value that you are because then you start doing ra radiant acts of wellness to reflect that because you want to, you care about yourself, you, you value yourself. So that's what I think has to happen is realizing what that what is for you and, and really getting that good relationship with your body and good relationship with food. So that's the conversation I'm having around fasting. So it's not as simple as like, do it this specific way and do it that specific way, which I do teach about in both of the books. But I think that you have to go in with it with a healthy perspective about yourself because it is a wondrous tool to use. I love using fasting. I fast every day. I'm fasting right now. But I'm coming into it with a place of a healthy intention. So that's very important because um, – I would say starting with fasting, leaning into it, like we talk about the eight to six uh, time-restricted feeding window, basically eating between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., pretty easy. And it's just basically not eating too late to allow your body to fast through the night as you sleep until you break the fast at breakfast in the morning. And then there's the 12 to six uh, eating window. You're eating only between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. I do that most days. That's what I'm doing today. Um, and then there's the like every other day modified fast. There's fasting mimicking protocols I talk about. There's the OMAD or one meal a day where it's a 22 or 23 to one fasting the eating window and you're getting your calories in in those brackets. That's a little bit more advanced. There's so many ways to do it. And the ketogenic diet is a fasting mimicking diet. So like the keto ketotarian, this mostly plant-based ketogenic diet, my first book is a fasting mimicking diet, meaning if someone's eating high healthy fats, lower carb, producing ketones, um, and they're eating food through that, 
that's eliciting a lot of the same benefits as fasting and intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding. So it is definitely very fascinating the way that you can use food as medicine to not only fuel your body with good micronutrients and fiber and polyphenols and nutrient-dense foods, vitamins from your food, but also looking at macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, how can you ratio those throughout the day to amplify wellness beyond just eating good, healthy foods? So that's really the conversation I have in both of the books, uh, but more in Ketotarian because of the research around a clean, well-formulated, whole foods, nutrient-dense, ketogenic diet which is what ketotarian is, to get a lot of the same benefits as intermittent fasting. Hmm. Good. I, I love what you said about that. Yeah. I think it's important as well noticing uh, that it's about reclaiming your power and reclaiming your agency over your health as well. That that we often, you know, it's, it's like when you talk about the car, we, we often think about going to the doctor as like fixing our car. Like we can go to the mechanic and fixing our car, but it's really realizing that that what we how we drive our car, what we put into our car, what we do, that we actually affect the way when we talk both we talk about epigenetics, but also talk about in general the entire way that we operate. It's it's reclaiming that agency and realizing how much you can actually do to both change your mindset, but also change the way that your body, how your genetics are expressed within yourself and how you're you're generally just operating within life um and i think it's a really key point to to make people realize how much power they actually do have and how mm -hmm. much they can actually utilize and optimize their health to to be able to serve so much more and give so much more and play so much more full out in life and really just enjoy life that when you get to to fine tune and listen to your body and start to understand your body you actually get more in tune with yourself and you're able to give so much more to others as well, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this, this is such a, you know, when people are the be their best selves and they feel great and they're comfortable in their own skin and they don't have health issues anymore, they, it's at least lessened. Uh, they are so much more impactful. They can be the best, you know, mom or dad or partner or human being if they're just single, just being a great human. That's just really what this is about. This is allowing people to be who they were born to be and not being kept back from things that are impediments to, to radiant wellness. Mm, so good. And I think mm -hmm. I love as well is also accepting that, you know, sometimes we've been through things in life as well that have made us become inflammatory or we have yeah. been out of instances in life that made us, you know, come out of balance, coming out of equilibrium within our systems. And you know, realizing, just accepting yourself and loving yourself for saying, okay, right now I'm in a shitty situation. I don't know how the heck I'm going to get out of this, but I am committing to myself to actually do the work and come back to equilibrium within my health because I actually do have the tools. And I think it's about, you know, also reclaiming that power and realizing I can actually do something and small things can make a big difference, right? No, so much. But it's going back to own life i think for so long we have all seen ourselves as victim of society and as victim of our health issues and you know seen ourselves you know just as victims and i think it's a lot about saying you know i have these tools i have all these you know options to to do something you know better with my health get in tune with my body get in tune with my you know spiritual side and all these things but I have to do them. I have to make time for them. I have to prioritize them. I have to say no to the things, you know, that doesn't really serve me. And, mm -hmm. and I think for so long, a lot of us has just been like saying, I just, I, I can't make time for it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, not good enough, or I can't, don't know how to make that sort of food or going, you know, it's so difficult with my family. And I think it's really about at this time, at a point in time, we are about to, you know, step into a new era up to being the best version of ourselves. And that really takes both courage, but also takes, you know, really being the own boss of your life. And mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people, people should know that they have an option. Because many people are just, again, I go back to that sleep analogy. They, they're just going about their life and they're not really questioning, 
you know, just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. Just because it's your everyday doesn't mean you should necessarily settle for it. Um, and of course, I think you can come from a place of, you know, if you're not where you want to be today, not to be in a state of resistance, because resistance is not good. Resistance is, you know, anxiety and stress and regret and shame of not being where you want to be or being who you want to be. But to really be in a space of non-resistance, and that's not mean settling for uh, where you're at right now, but a place of non-resistance is a base of place of presence. And when you're in a place of presence, then you can make conscious action to get yourself out of there. To say, look, I am not where I want to be, and I accept where I'm at right at this point in my moment, in the moment, but I am taking responsibility for where I'm at, and I want to, to better myself. To start leaning into these practices that we're talking about, whether that's um, different food changes or relationships or relationships with social media and technology or sleep, getting proper sleep, all this stuff. Because when, when people start feeling better, that gives them the motivation and the encouragement and just the mental fortitude to keep going because their light shines brighter and their light, well, the light's always there, but the, basically the light is shining through more brighter um, and they can start seeing the way forward. Um, that's, that's my experience consulting patients at least. Mm, I love that. I love it. You say, you know, taking out and you know that's all that what we do here is whatever we, it's in within our health, within you talking about business, within spirituality, it's about, you know, reclaiming your power and realizing that you can do so much more and you can raise your own standards, you can raise the standards for the world also by by raising your own standards. And I think it's I'm really glad that you and thank you for all of the amazing tools that you've been giving us and giving our listeners to to reclaim their power and to really not just be them the best self, but you know, their whole self and being able to to be who they are and really reclaim and realize how powerful they actually are, what they can do. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to to share that. You're so welcome. And I think we are uh, willing to dive a little bit into, we always have a rapid fire round. Just a quick questions are uh, something that we tune into and always return to uh, for our listeners. So if you're ready for that one, we would love to yeah. do that. You go. Yes. So with the first one, uh, of course, reading your book, we, we are massive book readers and, and love all of that book. So do you have a book that you can recommend besides your own books, both the Pigetarian Diet and the uh, the uh, Information Spectrum? Um, and also, you know, your podcast and group fillers. There's so much good information on that one. You can recommend that to everyone or your website. There's also Chris for uh, the information back, the spectrum Chris that I took and got the information back, you know, mm. what was my high level information. So if you don't have access to the book right now, you can jump to Dr. Cole's website and, and get the information there and how we could get started. But do you have a book that made an impact in your life and, or is your favorite book? Yeah. So my favorite book um, is, and a lot of the things I was talking about, people can learn more about that sort of act of mindfulness and, non-resistance and non-attachment and non-judgment in Eckhart Tolle's book, um, both of them, The Power of Now and the new, A New Earth. Um, that, those are two really amazing books. And I love the audio books of those because his voice is very calming. And yeah. I almost use his voice as like a meditation in, itself, in, and of, in and of itself. But the book's good too. Um, but yeah, I would say Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now and New Earth. Mm, they're so good. Yeah, we love yeah. them both. We love them. <laughs> So uh, for because a lot of our listeners is is wanting to, you know, playful out, live a life of their wildest dreams and make really serve in the world, make an impact in the world. So what is your best advice for people who want to make an impact, who want to live big and live full out in the world? Well, it's kind of um, like a very large concept, but it's kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier and the things that I just talked about that Eckhart Tolle talks about, you have to have present moment awareness. You have to be rooted in the present moment because that's where life, that's life itself. And that's where I believe like you can be used in a way that you were meant to be used in this life. And I think God can use you. That makes the most sense in the present moment. If you find that purpose uh, there it's not going to be regret of the past or worry and dread for the future. It's going to be in the present moment. So my experience is be rooted in the present moment. And what that means is whether you bring a mindfulness practice into your life or 
whether that's just uh, being conscious of your breath and like do breath awareness work, or it is uh, present moment awareness and just being mindful of the pre- present moment, creating acts of stillness and silence into your life, whatever that looks like, and really building that mindfulness muscle. Uh, again, going back to what I said earlier of realizing the value that you are, the valuable creation that you are. I think at that point, people will find their true calling in this world. They will be able to see how the unfolding of the present moment happens in their life. Um, Because you then at that point will stay in your lane because you're not comparing yourself to other people. Your nose is to the ground, so to speak but you're being a perfect channel for the unfolding of your purpose into your life. So that is big. It's, I'm not, it's not so practical, but it, it, to me, it's such, it's a, such a central part of what I've seen work for me over my life. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. tool. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so great. And we, amazing. If, yes. And if our listeners uh, want to reach out and contact you or start working with you, because you have a global uh, consultation that people can come into and work with you, over the internet so if what our listeners want to reach out to you and work with you where can they find you yeah everything's at drwillcole.com that's d-r-w-i-l-l-c-o-l-e.com um but yeah they can we offer a free webcam uh health evaluation to see if a consultation with me is appropriate and getting a functional medicine perspective on their case before the consultation and then the consultation is also on webcam too and then there's a lot of free content on the website as well. We just launched an online group class, which I'm really excited about because, again, we want to make sure functional medicine is accessible and affordable to people. And then we still do the one-on-one consults as well in addition to the group classes. And they can order the books there. And you mentioned Goop Fellas. Uh, Goop Fellas, the new episode comes out every week. It's on goop.com slash goopfellas. Um, and that is my podcast with Goop. Amazing. And we also link to everything in the show notes yeah. as well. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I just want to ask one last question. I just wanted to hear if there was like one person that you would recommend for us to have on the podcast. Oh, wow. Well, you could have my shame. You can have my co-host on uh, Goopfellas. Seamus Mullen is my buddy and I love him and I think he'd be great on the show. Amazing. Definitely yeah, checking out. I'd love to hear about that. So the last question that we have, uh, and it's it's really beautiful tied into how you have made your book because uh, we are also huge fans of word and using words, mantras, affirmations, quotes in general to to attune ourselves with the present moment and to sort of get a new perspective on your life. So do you have a quote or a mantra that that helps you when life gets tough or just in general, just puts a pretty, uh, beautiful perspective on your life. Um, um, I think the, a mantra that we use in the clinic a lot is, I actually said it already in here in the, in the conversation. I said, you cannot heal a body you hate. That's one mantra that we use. Um, but I mean, for me, I actually use a, a, a verse in the Bible actually as a mantra for me. It's be still and know that I am God. So that's a mantra in my life as well. Mm, beautiful. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for tuning in with us and for having this conversation and for the, all the work that you do in the world. In the world. It's and generally, we're just grateful for it. And it's truly amazing what you do and keep on doing the amazing work um, and being you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity.